Hello, and welcome to Happiness Follows. I am Dottie, and I'm joined here with Amanda. Hi. Um, thank you for coming and joining us this week and listening to us week after week after week. Don't you love how I'm, like, assuming we have so many followers and subscribers? You guys are out there. <laughs> this is true. Let's start off. Um, Amanda, how was your week? It was pretty good. Actually, I was, I've been simultaneously excited and disappointed this week in the weather here because for a minute it seemed almost like there was a glimmer of hope for fall I remember talking about it during our last podcast like I was like I see it there hi fall you're coming here 106 today like what the heck (laughs) (laughs) this isn't even fair anymore so but other than that it's been a great week pretty good can't complain that's good. How, how was yours? Um, I mean, I can definitely complain, <laughs> but I'm not going to because it wouldn't be productive. Um, the weather here has actually been pretty chill. It wasn't that hot. I, like, walked outside yesterday, and I was like, oh, man, this is nice. It's probably in the 80s or, like, <laughs> 70s, and it was definitely in the 90s. Yeah. But I was so, like like you said, I've been so used to, like, this extremely hot, miserable weather. Like, that little respite was, like, amazing. You're getting acclimated for the Southwest. That's that's how we do it down here. We're like, brr, it's getting cold. It's like, it's in the 70s. <laughs> it, it's not even, you look at your, like, weather app and it's, like, 95. And you're like, oh, that's strange. It's yeah. still hot as balls. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, you know. But all in all, you know, work's going. I'm mm-hmm. slowly finding my stride. Oh, we're going back to school. What? Yeah. You're going, like, back in person? Yeah. Well, the town I live in already has gone back. They went back on Monday, but my school district is phasing in so like the little kids are starting on the 21st of this month and then um i have the i have the oldest and i'm the last in the school in the school district and we go back october 14th not gonna lie slightly envious because yeah Yeah. i am ready like the parents were out here um what's the word protesting Mm. and you know there's always both sides of the coin you know like ah kids don't need to be back blah 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 and I'm to the point, you know, I'm like, you know, I'll take my chance. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a lot of thought that, I mean, like I had, I would have feelings regardless of what the choice is, but I'm not going to lie. I'm really, I do not want to work from home anymore. I am tired of it. I would like to go to my job and not have to be around my children any longer. I would like to, like, it's just been a lot to to try to do my job and also be a part of educating my children, which I know like 90% of the world out there can, well, I don't know if the 90% of the world are parents that right now, but you know, however many percentages of the world that are parents right now, could totally relate, but it's too much. Yes. <laughs> it's too I, much. Kudos to you because I literally do not know how you do it. Like just, I don't have any kids and like just managing myself and everything that comes with being an educator during this time and like it's just it's too it's 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 exhausting <laughs> like mm-hmm. I am burnt out and yeah. it's just like it's just week four you know and, and I know that going back to school is going to pose a lot of challenges I mean they've already begun talking about the logistics of it it's gonna be exhausting going back to school too but just like 
being able to see my children face to face. Like I had to um, do some, provide some information for a student who was struggling. And I was like, honestly, don't even know if I could tell you how well this child reads <laughs> because well, if they don't complete the work I have, like, how do I know at this point, you know? And so I'm excited to be able to, like, actually see and help my students. While I think online has been helpful for some kids, I, I would like to be able to be there for the kids it's not helpful for. And, yeah, I just want to be able to go to work and think about my job and not mm-hmm. try to think about, like, oh, my, you know, my, my child is having trouble logging in or um, he hasn't turned his homework in or, you know, things like that. I just, I want to deal with that after school and I want to just deal with my job <laughs> during school. Definitely. And this is the last thing I'm going to say. I have found it. I'm sure you have too. I've had a hard time unplugging. Like yeah. when I am at home, like, you know, your work starts seven, seven thirty in the morning or whatever. Um, I literally work like until nine, <laughs> <laughs> like just trying to get things done, answer emails because even though the day is over, like, if a kid emails me or a parent emails mm-hmm. me, like, I feel the need to respond because this is such a difficult time. And I yeah. empathize. Mm-hmm. And so just, like, that's, I feel like that's a lot of the reason I'm just burned out is uh, there's no unplugging. Like, my house is now my my work. And yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, I totally relate with that. And because you, I do feel guilty. Like, I feel like, the kids are having to do their work on a different schedule too. And that schedule might be doing work in the afternoon or the evening. And so I feel like I need to be constantly available for them because uh, normally in a normal school day, they could just pop into my class after school. Hey, Miss Morgan, I need some help. But no, <laughs> you know, they can't right now. And so I feel like it's like, I feel I totally relate with that because it's like, you just can't let it go because you do, you know, I would wager to bet most educators out there just want their students to be successful. And they know that this is such a challenging time for everybody that like, we want to just be there for them, help them in the best way we can, even if it's at nine o'clock at night. <laughs> That's Whatever. so true. But and- Angela was like, do you remember summer when you had time to just hang out and like, be around me. <laughs> it seems so long ago. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my fiance would be like, um, so are you done for the day? And I would just look at him and go, I'm never done. <laughs> I oh am never God. done. <laughs> I-, I texted her that yesterday. I was like, oh, man, I'm still working on top of that. I'm taking like this course right now. And she was like, well, at least you get the summers off. <laughs> As it's like 1045 and I'm still in front of the computer. Ugh. Oh, aren't you feeling like, I know, I know I've had an office job before and I just feel like my neck and shoulders are like so tight and awful because I've just been hunched over a computer. I, I feel bad for anyone who like, I'll never complain about sore feet again when I, well, I will complain about it here in two <laughs> weeks when I go back to school, but, but like. I'm always, like, I get, like, achy feet the first couple mm-hmm. of weeks of school just standing the whole day. And I feel like I'm just going to be so thankful that I'm not hunched over a computer. I will be the first to tell you I am not made for office work. Like, that is Mm-mm. not. So, kudos <laughs> to any and everybody that works in office. Like, my back and hips have been so bad since working at home. Like, mm-hmm. I've gone to my chiropractor almost every single week. Wow. Because... <laughs> everything just hurts. I'm like, I can't like, 
And I've known that though. Like I knew I wasn't like mm-hmm. from a young age that I wouldn't like office work or being stationary. Um, so that's kind of why teaching has been great for me. And mm-hmm. so now moving over to virtual where I'm on a computer all day, I'm like, I hate it. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like this anymore. <laughs> yeah. So oh, man. that's anyway. that. But anyway, let's go ahead and talk about <laughs> what we're going to talk about today. As we both said, we weren't going to go on tangents and boom, <laughs> big tangent. It's what we do. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is the life we are living right now as educators. And if you are parents, you understand. Um, so today we are actually going to talk about you a little bit, Amanda. Why? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you've mentioned in previous podcasts that you, um, you know, you have your, your experience in like backpacking and kayaking and things like that. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that experience has been for you? Like, how did you get into it? Yeah. So the, um, the, the kind of the very first uh, I'm trying to think of the way to word it. The very first like outdoorsy activity I really got into beyond just like camping and stuff like that really was um, canoeing. And my dad is a really avid canoeer. He, um, I was a Girl Scout all the way through the end of high school. And he was the canoe instructor for our Girl Scout unit and things like that. And so, so it's always been something that I casually did. But through Girl Scouts, and, and I'm going to be a little bit of a Girl Scout advocate right now because I really feel like um, I did, had experiences through Girl Scouts that that I never would have had had I not been involved in that organization. But Girl Scouts has this um this experience that you can do as an older Girl Scout, like in high school, called uh, Wider Opportunities. I actually think they called them something different now. I can't remember what it is. But they used to call them Wider Opportunities. And um, basically it was like a, a trip. And you applied for it. You, you did pay for it and everything like that, but it was it was like an experience that you were paying for and, and going on, and you applied to be a part of it. And they had anything ranging from, like, I would I hate to say it, like, more girly stuff, like um, going to, uh, I don't want to say girly, more, okay. like, superficial stuff, like going to um, Washington and, and doing all these trips. But anyway, like, to backpacking, to whatever. They weren't all... <laughs> rugged outdoorsy things some of them were like my older sister went on one I think they went to Paris and or somewhere um somewhere in Europe and toured around it's a really cool thing to do um they had one my my twin sister Rebecca which everybody has met she went on one where she was actually a camp counselor for a camp for disabled kids in Missouri um and it's a girl's camp called Camp Juliet Lowe it's amazing but and Juliet Lowe's the founder of Girl Scouts and so And then um, I applied to go on one. I actually applied to go on one that was like a three-parter. It was like whitewater rafting, which I was really into at the time, a backpacking trip, and then I can't remember what the third one was. And um, I did get selected to go on that trip, but there wasn't enough girls, and so they canceled it. So I got my second choice, which has actually kind of changed my life. So my second choice was to do, um, it was a 10-day canoe trip in the Boundary Waters. There's a Girl Scout camp up in very tip of northern Minnesota, um, in the Boundary Waters, and um, called the, the um, Northern Lakes Canoe Base. And um, so I got uh, selected to go on that. So a, a whole bunch of girls flew up there, and um, they broke us all up into groups, and we went on this 10-day canoe trip into the Boundary Waters, which is a, basically, I don't know how else to describe it, except for it's like a giant 
nature preserve. I can't remember the word that they um, they use it, but like you can't have electric, uh, you can't have motorized vehicles on it. You can't, they can't fly over it. Um, things like that. And so it, it's this preserved area and it's just a system of lakes and it goes into Canada and the Canada's version of this is called the Quetico. And so our trip went into Canada. We went through customs even there and um, did this 10 day canoe trip and it was just amazing and, and phenomenal and it changed my life and I'm still friends with all you know there were um, I want to say there were nine girls and one canoe guide and she was you know she was the grown-up on the trip <laughs> and it changed my life it absolutely changed my life I and I I found um, so much purpose in it that I decided to go back and um, work for them so I, I worked for them for quite a few years as the canoe guide so then I, I led girls on these uh, anywhere between three to 10 day trips into the boundary waters. And it's, it's just a phenomenal experience. We, I remember I went before, and I'm sorry, I'm just like going on and on, but I went before 9-11 happened. And um, I, the year before 9-11 happened was the first year that I, I want to say that was the year I went, 2000. And because um, I remember when it happened, we were all talking to each other and, and saying like, you know, like out there, we would not have known anything happened. Like, you know, because anyone who who was around on that day, like, remembers how crazy life was, and everybody knew what was happening, and and stuff like that. We were talking about how, like, you're so removed from society at that place. There's no, you don't even hardly run into people out there, and so like, it was just this amazing place to like find yourself and. Um, I just, I loved it so much. And so that really kind of jump started. It really kind of changed the course of my life because I thought, you know, I wanted to, um, I knew I liked outdoorsy things, but it really turned me into the like person that I was like the, some, someone who was passionate about not only being outside, but caring for our environment as well. And I went on a giant tangent about that, but that's kind of how I started. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I could talk about it all day. And like, to be honest, I didn't like, I, daddy and I usually have a plan when we go into our podcast, but the plan was like, I have a plan said daddy. And so <laughs> I didn't realize I was going to get asked this question. So you think I would have like planned this big soliloquy. I just went on, but no, it was impromptu, but like, it's just, uh, I, I, I would love for everyone out there listening to just, um, like, Google it, the Boundary Waters. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a really cool place. And, um, but like I said, it, it, it got me thinking about what else is out there. And that's what got me thinking about backpacking. That's what got me thinking about kayaking. That's what got me wanting to travel. All right. I've never been to Boundary Waters, but you've spoken so highly of it. Like every time you've talked about it, it's definitely on my list of things to do. And okay. there's oh, you can go and just not take a long ass trip into it. Like you can go in rec rec what is the word? Rec recreate. Rec I don't know. I couldn't say. It. I got you. You can you can do that there too. <laughs> A recreational visit. Yes. Um, okay. So with that, you said that you, um, I can't remember. What was the name of the program? Uh, it was called the Wider Op. And I, I really can't remember what it's called now. But 
Oh, no, that's fine. So a water <laughs> up. When yeah. you were doing that, what was your favorite trip that you led and why? When I, okay, that's a, such a good question. I really have to think because I have to think. There's so many. Um, I ha- I can't think of maybe what my favorite is right now. I can think of like one memory that pops up in my head often and it's kind of a goofy memory, but I led a canoe trip with a girl. I think I'm still like Facebook friends or something with her. And, and that doesn't matter because it was very like, it was just like, a we just worked together, the nice relationship, but like casual, but all, we're um, leading this trip together. And like, she's like, do you want to go down and skinny dip? And so like, that was the first time I ever had gone skinny dipping. And it was like a, amazing like I didn't realize I was gonna like it so much so like anyway we're like loving skinny dipping so we fucking go excuse me so we go skinny dipping like every night that that trip it was just like the stars were amazing it was just like an amazing time to go swimming and we like put the girls in bed quote-unquote and we run down there and all of a sudden we're like in the water and we see like one of the girls coming down, down the trail because she was coming to get like toilet paper or something to go to the restroom and so when we get back to the tent our tents were like right next to each other ours and then the girls and they're like um were you guys swimming (laughs) (laughs) we're like "Uh no yes uh so it was like a little uncomfortable but i don't know why it like it just always pops into my memory as like just this kind of like goofy random time like who who prioritized going swimming over like making sure there weren't any girls around I don't know (laughs) but it it just stands out in my memory and I don't know why but I just but I think it's I think of it fondly often just like it was so cool this the stars were amazing and things like that I want to think I don't have a favorite trip. It's it was like the whole thing. Oh, that's fine. Okay, let me ask you a more specific question. And mm-hmm. this is um kind of stemming from conversations you and I have had um on numerous occasions. And um you had mentioned that you led like a a tour, a kayaking tour through like the Grand Canyon. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about that trip and kind of what you did to prep for it? Like what materials you brought? Um if someone was looking to do something like that, um, how would they go about, you know, getting set up? Yeah, and it wasn't a kayaking trip. It was a backpacking trip. But oh, okay. it's okay. I mean, kayaking a Grand Canyon would be amazing, but you would have to have a lot of skills because the white water is crazy down there. So but... maybe I'm thinking of two – maybe I'm combining two different stories because I know, like, haven't you led, a like, a canoeing trip, though, like where you guys had to carry your canoes and things like yeah, that? Yeah, that's in the Boundary Waters. Gotcha. Yeah, so, so the Boundary Waters is like a series of lakes, and so you you kayak, like, you know, you have a topo map, and you kayak to, um, you kind of map out a route just like you would backpacking, but when you get to, um, you know, to the end of a lake, you'll find the trail, and then you just carry your canoe on your shoulders and your bags, and you cross the trail, and then you go to the next lake, and keep you kind of backpacking, but like, with your kayak. Or with your canoe. <laughs> How hard was that, like, like strenuous-wise? Strenuous like, it's, with- yeah, it's hard for sure. I mean, we would use, like, the aluminum canoes 
and they they definitely weigh like 70 pounds and it's like a skill we would teach the girls how to flip up your canoe onto your shoulder so like me as as a quote-unquote adult at the time like I would just um there's like this (laughs) hip thrust action you do to like uh like get the canoe up on your shoulders but I would just do it on my own and I would carry it across the girls we would teach them to like um girl scouts always says you need to have a buddy <laughs> with you and, and so they would have their buddy and um they would relieve each other by like kind of propping up the canoe and they'd let their shoulders get a break um but it is strenuous the packs are designed to sit in a canoe and not necessarily be comfort comfortable for your back and so the packs can be heavy luckily when you're it's called a, a portage when you cross a lake like that and so um luckily when you're portaging it's not usually a really long distance there's one portage that i recall not so fondly from the boundary waters um i can't remember the name of them it it had two names that started with a b but we would call it the bitch and the bastard because they were like (laughs) two like mile long portages so um, you know that kind of puts it into perspective like those were really long portages a mile and we would like to say like oh a mile is like not that bad but it is that bad <laughs> it was hard and um, they're long it's a long portage so just even just um, you know a quarter of the mile feels feels really strenuous at the time but it's it was part of it you know Mm-hmm. when you're doing that though like what kind of uh, equipment do you take like what what do you put in your pack it's super similar to backpacking it's actually where I get kind of my um like my uh ideas for what I would bring backpacking um so basically uh you would have one pair of clothes that you would wear for the day and then one that you would wear for the evening and we would strictly layer so for example I would have a pair of long underwear I would have a pair of um, quick dry pants and I would have um, a quick dry long sleeve shirt and then a short sleeve shirt and so if I was really cold I'd be wearing my long underwear my pants my long sleeve shirt and my short sleeve shirt and if I was really cold still I'd zip up my rain gear on top of it and if I was still cold I would wear my life jacket under my rain gear even if I was sitting around the camp because that would provide me with some insulation. And so, um, and then I would have what I would sleep in. So I basically would stay in that clothes all day until I went to bed. And then I would um, get into whatever I would bring for that. It usually was long underwear, or I would just sleep in my underwear. <laughs> and then um, just put my wet, I mean, they weren't wet at the time, but put my quote unquote wet clothes on um, every day. So you would just bring that. And, um, you know, the kind of shoes uh, that I would wear and, it, it, you know, the girls would bring different things because that, they were going on a one time trip. But I had a pair of boots that were like a cross between wetsuit <laughs> shoes and hiking boots. So they had like a wetsuit liner mm-hmm. and they were hard on the bottom. And so I still have them somewhere in my garage. But so they so they um, dried really quickly. And, um, so I wasn't sitting around in wet shoes, but I also, I didn't carry like <laughs> socks around or anything like that. And then I would just bring a pair of like chocos or Tevis for the evening and, um, just your normal, like toiletry stuff. Um, everything in the boundary waters is, is like pack it in, pack it out. Um, you would bury in the boundary waters. They have, it's actually really kind of, I think, I think nice, but they have those pit toilets, but it like, 
um, like you would see if you uh, were camping on like government property or something, like this little canister. Um, but they would just be in like the middle of the woods. So you would just find the path to find it. And it would just be like the little canister toilet, but like no building around it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, but in Quetico, they don't have any toilets. So you, you know, we would dig like kind of a communal trench and you would just go to the bathroom there. But we would um, bring toilet paper and stuff like that. So you had to bring everything in and out. Um, as far as food goes, they had it at the camp uh, in as a pretty like systematic thing like we had specific meals that we would bring uh made out of uh usually freeze dried stuff or um dehydrated things that you could uh rehydrate usually things that had to do with like pasta or um rice you know uh things like that so we we would bring typical backpacking food we would just bring it in a larger quantity everyone would eat out of a bowl and everyone would eat with a spoon and so those were the only silverware that we brought. And I'm trying to think what else we would bring. Um, you, it's pretty rainy up there. So we would bring a rain fly. It actually would look a lot like the one that I bought for my hammock. If anyone saw those pictures. Um, just one of those string in the middle kind of rain flies. And that was it. It was pretty simple. But... Everything had a purpose or multiple purposes, and it worked out well. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it. Sounds like it was very efficient. Yeah, and that's why I think, like, you know, I know I've talked to you about, like, what would I bring backpacking or what would we bring backpacking because we are really interested in getting started to backpack together, and it's something that neither of us are super experienced with, and so... I definitely pull a lot of ideas from like what I would bring there into what I would bring into a backpack into my backpacking backpack because the idea is kind of the same, right? Like you want to bring layers because you don't need to bring a puffy jacket. You just need to bring, you know, a long sleeve and a short sleeve and you can layer it on top of each other and get warm or also take it off if you're too hot and not have to have so much in your bag or having things that have multiple purposes. I think it's like a good way to think about it like what else could I use this for that I need okay I feel like that's manageable and that's doable yeah (laughs) um my next question is physically like is it something that you need to like for boundary water specifically Mm -hmm. is that something you need to train for like with the hauling of canoes and things like that or is it something that you feel you know if you set your mind to it you can do it I think anyone can do it for sure. I think that it's one of the more accessible um, things that people could do. Of course, accessible within reason because, um, you know, there are going to be a lot of limitations to it. But in terms of, like, (laughs) needing to train for it, I don't think you need to. I do think it is training in and of itself. But it is low impact for the most part. You're paddling and you're carrying a canoe. If, like, let's say you and I went right now, we would probably rent a canoe because, you know, we would have to fly there. And they sell really lightweight canoes. <laughs> we just didn't have them at the Girl Scout base because we're having 12-year-olds haul canoes around. So, of course, they're going to get bashed in. And if you have Kevlar canoes, they can get broken really easily. But, like, Kevlar canoes are really much lighter in, like, 30, 30-pound range. And so if, if, like, the two of us went, one of us would have a pack. And one of us would have the canoe. 
and we would just um, pack all of our stuff in that one pack or maybe two like maybe I would carry a pack and a canoe and you would carry a pack and it would be manageable I remember when I very the first time I went you know I was a kid 14 you know and I was in a lot of shape at all I I wasn't in a shape and um, (laughs) I remember the first day I was like I don't think I can do this and mind you like I just started a freaking 10 day (laughs) trip but I was like I don't see how I can keep paddling like my arms are so tired and my back would get like tingly you know that like muscle feeling where you're Mm -hmm. like my back would get really tingly and um and then after the second day, it was just, like, nothing. You know, it was just, like, a casual activity. And then definitely, as we continued on, it was, like, muscle. My muscles built while I was doing it. It wasn't – it was it was enjoyable, <laughs> you know. And then after that, it was just, like, it was no big deal. I just could do it. And so it's definitely, like, manageable for anyone. You just want to be prepared uh, we've, I have seen a lot of dumped supplies while I was out there. So you could tell someone brought something that they didn't want to carry anymore. One time I saw an entire canvas tent. I thought a dead body would be buried under it, <laughs> but I did check. I couldn't carry the canvas tent out because, you know, of course, if I saw something out there, I would want to clean it up and take yeah. it back because I wouldn't want to leave it into this place that I love. And, but I couldn't, I, I did check first of all, to see if there's a dead body under it. And second of all, because they wanted to clean it up. But it was so heavy, I understood exactly why they dumped it. But I did take the poles back. But Okay, I was going to say, what was your plan if you found a dead body? Like, Well, at least I could, like, tell a ranger if I saw them or, like, come back home and tell somebody that there was a dead body there. I mean, I would freak the F out. But, like, <laughs> I remember, so I was, I was standing... I had just kind of walked off to to pee and we were at like we were just taking a little lunch break and we're at um I should tell you what we ate for lunch but I will in a second we're um I'm just standing over this little like um ravine area I'm looking out at the pretty and then I like see that and I'm like huh so they call my I think this was the same skinny dipping partner I think it was that same trip but I call her over and I was like hey um come here she comes over and um, I was like, what do you think that is? <laughs> She's like, that doesn't look good. We're like, <laughs> so we like, we go down and check it out. Like, good little Girl Scouts. And yeah, there, I mean, it was just a tent. Someone was dumb and they're like, let's bring this canvas tent into the woods. And then they, they didn't like carrying it anymore. So they left it. <laughs> and like, they quickly realized that was a horrible idea. Right? Yeah. And uh, I'm surprised they got as far as they did. <laughs> um. Oh, my God. Well, I'm glad you were a good Samaritan, though, and went and checked it out. Because I would have been like, well, that's unfortunate, you know, of the earth to the, of the earth to the, the earth. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah. We did tell, like, we did mm. tell, uh, like, I think we passed somebody. Because I remember us telling someone somewhere. So, sometimes you would pass a, like, a ranger in a canoe but I, I remember telling someone hey there's a tent back there but uh, who, uh, who knows who knows if anyone knows me and some people do I don't have a good memory for that kind of stuff so who knows what we actually did <laughs> hey it was a thought that counts right? <laughs> yeah all right so my 
final question. Actually, it's the lie. That's not my final question. <laughs> um, I have one, two more questions. The, <laughs> the next one is, go ahead and walk us through your backpacking trip through Grand Canyon. Okay. I had so much fun with that. That was actually, okay, that was actually another wider opportunity that I worked for. Um, and it was through Arizona. I just, um, it was like, so the my sister had worked at a Girl Scout camp here. And the person who was running it needed some people to help them. So we just said, okay, we'll go on this trip. Um, and so it was, it was kind of like the one I was telling you that I first got selected for where it had three parts. So first part, one part was backpacking through the Grand Canyon. The other part was um, horseback riding in Canyon de Chez, which is like an amazing, amazing place in Arizona. It's on, I think, the Navajo Reservation, and you have to have an Indian guide to go with you. And then the third one was, why can't I ever remember the third thing? <laughs> it was something. It oh. was something, and it was enjoyable. That the, it oh, was nice. awesome, whatever it was. But anyway, <laughs> so, so I led, um, all of the groups had, a second adult with them except for mine and so it was just me and the girls but we had to have a second adult going into the Grand Canyon and I can't remember why but probably the Girl Scouts has like ratio rules that go along with it and so probably for ratio purposes so anyway they had hired this person who was like a professional guide to go with us so me and this random lady uh led these girls they were like teenagers they could not care less about me and mind you I was like used to these long canoe trips where the girls were like really wanted to get to know me and it was like definitely a humbling moment for me because it was like just me like (laughs) I didn't know the other adult at all she was definitely not in my age bracket I was probably 19 20 and she was like definitely like 45 you know (laughs) like so like I didn't have her to talk to the girls did not want anything to do with me and um and so it was just like a, it was actually like a really cool trip down the Grand Canyon. It was actually my first ever backpacking trip, and um, it was great. I'm trying to think like we went down the Bright Angel Trail, which is a very popular trail. Um, down you go about seven miles downhill the whole way. It's torture. I remember. Um, my shoes were a little too big, and so my toes kept hitting the front of my shoe, and I lost a toenail. I know that much. <laughs> and my pants I was wearing, those quick-dry pants I would wear in the boundary waters, which are really good for that. But definitely um, the, like, crotch of my pants hung too low, so my <laughs> legs were rubbing together. And I had, like, chub rubs super bad it was so painful oh, i hate chub rubs yeah like it gets worse because like we get down to the bottom and like we've hiked we just you just hike straight down it's not a very long hike it's just a very strenuous hike because you're just going down a very steep gradient and down 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 and you cross the colorado river to get to the so you go all the way down you have to cross the colorado river on this very secure bridge but i'm not <laughs> Uh, I'm not a bridge person <laughs> and so so I'm terrified because I'm also wearing a backpack so I got my backpack like unclipped I got my hands like in the straps to like ready to ditch that if I like fall into this river which like is not even the biggest part was if I fall into that river first of all it's freezing second of all it has like crazy rapids <laughs> so we cross the Colorado River and you get to the campsite 
there. So we were camping. They do have kind of like a little lodge down there. So people work down there. They have some cabins you can rent. Um, in 2008, I backpacked down it again with my family, and we stayed in the cabins down there. And um, so they have cabins and stuff, but it's real minimal because obviously everything, I don't shouldn't say obviously, but everything that's down there is carried down by a mule train. So like, no, there's no vehicles or tram or anything like that that brings the stuff down there. Just people and just mules. And so we go to camp there, but mind you, like my legs have been rubbing together for like nine miles all day long. And I'm just like, I mean, I'm like, waddling at this point so I like went to the bathroom I like dug through the first aid kit and I found something that was supposed to help with like cuts oh and my I, god oh yeah yeah that's right because I slathered that crap on and it immediately burned my skin off and I like <laughs> freaked out and there's not running water I don't think there was running water so I'm like but maybe it was I like literally like pants down ran to the sink i'm trying to wash this stuff off my leg it was awful but the trip itself was awesome because again i like learned a lot about it's kind of like my first time canoeing it was like kind of like everything is everything is seems impossible when you've never done it before you know yeah. so it was like it was like getting that first trip done and now i knew i could do it and I knew I could do something hard. And we've talked about that a lot. Like, I knew I could chafe my way down the Grand Canyon and still <laughs> be okay, you know, and still do it. And I was in good shape at that time. So that wasn't, it wasn't a concern that I couldn't do it. But it was just a cool thing to know about myself, you know. Yeah. And um, so we camped down there. That was fine. Um, We ate backpacking meals like you would buy, like the... The little packaging ones, the packaged ones. Yeah, like uh, I can't think of the name. Right Mountain, now. whatever. Yeah, yeah like we may ate those, and it was fine. Um, we stayed two nights down there. It, when you're already down there, there's tons of trails, obviously throughout throughout down there. But there's one that leads to this waterfall that's really beautiful. So we went to the waterfall, played around there, um, and then hiked halfway back out. There's a there's kind of a halfway point going up called Indian Gardens and we camped there and then made a plan to go out and we did do it during the summertime so it was already pretty hot because the temperature at the bottom of the Grand Canyon is the same as in Phoenix so if it's 112 degrees here it's 112 degrees down there um, even if it's 80 degrees at the top of the Grand Canyon you know and so when we got to Angel's Landing it was already pretty hot I said Angel's Landing. I was like, wait, there's an Wrong Angel National Park. I'm like, there's well, an Angel's Landing. Indian Gardens. That'd be cool. But when we got to Indian Gardens, we like made a plan to get up because by the time we had gotten there, it was like maybe nine o'clock in the morning. And the 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 from Angel from Indian Gardens to the top, it's all switchbacks and it goes up a, a rock base. It goes up not. the Grand Canyon. And so like it was already um full sun at that point so we just had a heart to heart with the girls like when do you want to do that and they're like we want to get the most of that done before the sun comes up as we can and we said okay it takes you guys an hour and a half to get ready in the morning um you get tents down and everything like that so like what time do you want to wake up and I think we woke up at like 2 30 to um start hiking up so we hiked the majority of that last part of the Grand Canyon 
my headlamp, which was so cool to like have the sun come up and be like almost to the top of the Grand Canyon. And um, it was a really cool trip. It sounds like it. Yeah. We're going to do it. I already have plans. I'm down. I'm down. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. All right. My last question. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. If you had to pick three adjectives that would describe your time that you were, and I can't remember the name of the program or the company, oh, mm-hmm. even though you just told me. Girl Scouts? Uh, no, not Girl Scouts. Oh, Wider Up? Wider Up, yeah. yes. Three adjectives that help, like, that would describe how that job molded you. Like, wisdom, you know. Mm-hmm. What, what would you pick? Okay. Um, I would pick, hmm, what a hard question. But a good one. It's such a good question. (laughs) Three adjectives that would go with that would be that it was transformative. Definitely, like, every aspect of my life changed after doing that and um, I would say that it made me more confident in myself and who I was and what I thought about the world and um, like teacher teacher word but like it it made me have like a growth mindset it made me like it changed the way that I thought about things okay and when you say it changed the way you thought about things, it just, like, made you more open-minded or? It made me, it made me more open-minded. It made me more aware of, um, of, like, my, my place in life, the, the options I have and the a change that I can affect. Okay, so it gave you, like, more purpose and made you more grounded, you would say? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can get jiggy with that. Yeah. Are there any final thoughts or any final takeaways you would like to tell the amazing people that listen to us? Um, I, I would not be myself if I didn't take this moment to like plug the Girl Scouts. I mean, I already said how I felt about it. I've had um, people who I grew up with who are also in Girl Scouts who have echoed the same, th- same things. I grew up in a family that was, it was a doing things family. We did a lot of things. I had a lot of experiences through my family. But there were other girls that I knew through Girl Scouts that didn't grow up in that kind of family. And they did things that they never would have done if they hadn't been in Girl Scouts. And I always put a little caveat because everybody knows someone who's had an experience with, um, like, an organization, a nonprofit organization or an organization in general that wasn't what they wanted it to be. And I understand that. And I just say, like, Girl Scouts or any of those kind of volunteer-led organizations can be whatever you want it to be. So if you want um, your child to have a certain experience or you want your niece or your grandchild to have a certain experience, like you can do that through the Girl Scouts. You can do that through these organizations and you can really like change their lives. That's so sweet. (laughs) I was a Girl Scout all of like two weeks. So like can't relate. But and I get it, and I get it. <laughs> I can imagine how it would be very uh, developed. De- what's the word? Um, oh, I can't think of the word. 
I always say like everyone had a I, like I always knew people would be like oh I was in Girl Scouts but like it was just arts and crafts and stuff and I'm like but you were in the wrong troop my friend like <laughs> that's good for some people I'm sure the leader that that led that troop loved arts and crafts and wanted to pass that on to some girls but if that wasn't your jam you can find another troop and that's okay <laughs> and I, I think that was the thing like yeah my aunt put me in it in like hopes that it would be this outdoorsy thing and I think that's what mm-hmm. I wanted from it too and then it was like all arts and crafts and I was yeah. like I don't want to do this anymore like we're not doing any like mm-hmm. fun stuff I mean not that it wasn't fun but you know what I'm saying like yeah and like my daughter's in Girl Scouts and she was she joined a late I worked for Girl Scouts when I lived in Alaska, and my daughter wasn't even in Girl Scouts there. <laughs> um, but the troop she has here, you know, she's in the sixth grade, and she's still in Girl Scouts, and they've become – Girl Scouts is a, is a really cool place to be an older girl. Like, lots of people drop out of Girl Scouts when they start to get into that middle school age, but they don't realize, like, it becomes what they want it to be. Like, no one in my high school – knew I I had I went to high school with tons of girls that were in my Girl Scout troop and no one knew that we were all in Girl Scouts together and we would talk about things we do over the summer like oh this whitewater rafting trip we went on and they'd be like oh you guys went on that together and we're like yeah our families are friends you know like it was not even a thing and like Girl Scouts get so cool when you get older because it does truly become Girl Scouts is a leadership organization and it does truly become that leadership part like you learn how to be a badass woman who does what she wants <laughs> and I think that's cool that does it sounds cool and I like <laughs> I wish I would have had that kind of like mm-hmm. experience as a teenager I feel like it would have definitely helped me yeah um kind of come into my own a lot sooner mm-hmm. um so yeah girl plug away you know? <laughs> yeah so plug. that's my final thought on that I think that it's great I think you should do it and you, like I said, you should make it your own. And if it's something that you're not, you're not doing something you're comfortable with, then, or your kids aren't doing what they want to be doing, then volunteer and do it for them. Because uh, every girl deserves to have that, that opportunity. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast journey today. And um, I really enjoyed sharing this, these thoughts with you guys. And so if you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to subscribe to it on Anchor, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at happinessfollows180. And if you have any questions, concerns, or anything that you'd like to discuss with us or want us to discuss, make sure to email it to us at happinessfollows180 at gmail.com. And we hope to see you soon. And remember to get out there. Make it count, and when you do, happiness follows.